All righty, we are glad that you're here today. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Man, we, we want to honor all of you moms today. We want to uh, just thank you uh, for what you did for us, okay? Uh, we wouldn't be here without you, would we? We are glad uh, that, that you are here. Uh, whether Mother's Day is a, is a special day in, indeed in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, maybe you had a great mother, maybe one that wasn't so great. Maybe, maybe a one that's still living. Maybe one that's passed on. Maybe today you're a mom that's lost a child, and how difficult that is. Maybe, maybe today you're the one that's never had children, but desire children, and 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 you are the mom for so many other people. You have an example and and love on and and spread your love. Uh, enormously over a, a number of children and what a blessing you are to them today we want to say welcome we want to say thank you today we want to honor you today the flowers today are in honor of all the mothers all the people uh, that, that all the women that, that make a difference in our lives you think about growing up and you think about all the the school teachers and the Sunday school teachers and your neighbors and your aunts and grandmas and, and all of that and, and all the difference, all the way they impacted and influenced your life. Now, there's no higher calling to be, than to be a mom and to be uh, responsible for bringing up a child in this world. And we think how... How, how difficult this world is. And, and we say that every generation, don't we? And it gets worse and worse. But God has a perfect plan. And, and he placed you here in this place, in this time, in this time in history, to bring up your children and the children around you uh, for God's purposes and for God's timing such as this. And so today I want to say welcome and thank you to all the women, all the mothers that are here today. For we love you and we honor you today. And we're going to do something a little bit special. We've got, uh, are you, have you collected all the, 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 the names? And Okay, does anybody need a, a card? Uh, uh, any ladies here that need a slip of paper to sign up for a door prize in a little bit? Will you take one up to the top up there? see some of these pretty flowers up here uh, somebody's going to go home with a few of those and uh, just to help make your day a little bit brighter but again we're glad that you're here glad that we've man we've got visitors some some uh, visiting folks that haven't been here for a while that are coming home uh, to see their parents or, or children and so we're glad that you're here that you've chosen uh, to be here in God's house this morning to worship almighty God um, as far as announcements this morning there's no children's church this morning uh, Mary and some of her folks are sick this morning, so uh, lift her up in prayer as well. Um, also, tonight is family night, family night at home. So enjoy your time with your, with your mom and your family, your kids, and just uh, be reminded that, that God is the giver of all good things, and we praise God today for that. 
As we begin our time of worship this morning, I want to share with you a passage. Let's pray together over these passages. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will happen. This is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over all nations. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out. Who can turn it back? Lord God, you have ordained it for us to be here this morning, whether it be online or in person. And Father, we come today with, with open hearts, open minds, God, wanting and desiring to, and, and seeking your presence in our lives and in our hearts today, God. And so we welcome you into this place, God. And we want to hear from you, God. We want to hear your word for our hearts, for our, for our lives today. As the psalmist writes, may we sing of your strength and your mercy this morning. For you are our refuge and our stronghold, our refuge in times of trouble. And so we sing of your praises today. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. i 
When it seems like our family and our friends and the world has left us alone, that He is still there. He loves you today, and I want you to know that. He created you, and He has a purpose for you. And He loves you so much that He gave His Son's life for you so that we could have everlasting life. As much as our mothers love us, as much as they have done for us, as much as they have given and been there for us, God loves us even more. Never forget that. And He wants you to spend eternity with you, with Him, forever and ever. By making a choice to choose Him to live so you live your life for Him, that you surrender your life to His ways, living for Him and living for His teachings, that your life might honor and glorify Him. The blood on the, clo- on the cross allows forgiveness of sin and His resurrection from the tomb allows us the, the hope of a resurrected life in heaven too. We pray today that before you leave today that you've made that decision, that you will spend eternity in heaven because God loves you and He wants you. Amen? Amen. I love the Mother's Day story. I've told it before, I think, about the, the, the two kids. They were... You know, it was Mother's Day, and and the two kids had gotten up, and they said, Mom, Mom, we want to cook Mother's Day lunch for you. And she's like, please, Mom, let us cook. We want to cook. And so, you know, they Mom gives in and says, okay, that's that's fine. I'm going to go in the den. I'm going to turn on a a Hallmark movie and drink me some coffee and uh, whatever it is. And, And so nine pots and two skillets and four large bowls, 11 spoons, and and five measuring cups, a whole roll of paper towels later, mom comes in and sits down at the table and says, this is the best jello I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, our girls were famous for, for making up recipes, you know, and you just have to trust the Lord sometime, you know. <laughs> but we're still here. We'll, we're still here today. Uh, Micah, come on up here. Help me out a minute. We're going to give away five of these plants this morning to, to some folks this morning. I told, Somebody asked, I think Ken wanted to fill out one of these papers. I, Ken, I said, Ken, this is for the pretty people. This ain't for the men folks, okay? Okay, so hopefully all the women here got to, to, to fill out a, a slip, and we're going to take home a, a flower. Pick somebody's name out there. Can you read her writing? Me neither. <laughs> Melba Chandler. Melba Chandler had to step out. 
but I'm going to put this right here and she can pick it up after, after the service, okay? All right, give me another one, Micah. Gwen Long. All right. I'm going to put your name right here. All right, let's get these few over here. Three more. Come on over here. Your mom said you better pull one out for her. Peggy Jackson. Where's Peggy? There she is in the back. All right, I'm going to put your name there. Two more. Your mama's pulling for you. Penny Gant. All right. And one more. Let's shake them up. Katie said shake them up. Mama said shake them up. No reading. Don't look at them. Angel Moreland. All right. I'm going to put yours right here. Give Mike a big hand too. All right. Thank you. Y'all pick those up after the service, and uh, we'd love to give one to everybody, but we're glad that those who won, I got them, and we'll be blessed with them. Again, happy, happy Mother's Day. You know, part of the uh, task at our house is, how many of you get mail every day? Okay, every day. And there's always a bill in the mail, isn't it, it seems like. <laughs> well, once a month, I get a magazine called the Reader's Digest. I love the little magazine. It's, it's a very diverse uh, reading. It's got true stories, fictional stories, quotes, jokes, and puzzles and all kind of stuff. But in that, in that magazine, it's, of course, they sell ads. Well, every month, they have a, a, an ad for a medicine, Okay. And the, the ad's maybe about a half a page. Tells you all about, you know, tells you the benefits of it, what you use it for and all that. And then following that half a page ad, it's got another half a page, a whole page, the backside, another page. About four or five more pages of warnings, of complications, of how to use it and when not to use it and, and, and that sort of thing. And so it says, here's the product. It's great for this. It's great for this illness, but, okay, and I think probably most of us are on some kind of medicine, and all our medicines have the but, right? You know, and you go to the pharmacy, and they give you a prescription, and there's three or four pages, right, worth of warnings and labels. How many of us use, have used Amazon? Okay, just about everybody. Okay, how many of you have ever read the, the, the conditions of use on there? Okay, it's only about seven pages long, okay, in, in fine print. Nobody, okay, virtually nobody's read it. And, okay, maybe Mother's Day you, you, you received a, a promotion or a flyer in the paper, a coupon card or something, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50% off, right? And then at the bottom, you know, a card about that big, that much, restrictions at the bottom, exclusions at the bottom, terms and conditions to apply, can't be used on clearance items, items with a red tag, door busters, wild deals, anything sold in pairs, limit two per household per day, 
the list goes on and on, you know, exclusion after exclusion. And, and so everything has a but, it seems like. And what do all those exclusions and conditions and warnings and, and terms of use mean? It usually means that everything they just stated and the great deal isn't necessarily true. That, that there's some side effects to it, that there's more to it than meets the eye at first. Maybe you have to buy it a certain, within a certain frame of time. Or, or maybe you have to buy a certain amount of money before the next level of, of savings kicks in. That's often a big kicker. But the list never seems to end, does it? There's always a condition. There's always something else. I want you to turn with me this morning to Psalm 119. We're not going to read the whole psalm, okay? Um, psalm 119, verse 89, beginning with that. You know, in a world where nothing is, is unconditional, when there's always conditions to use, we can turn to God's Word and find the unconditional promises of God's Word and about His faithfulness. For His faithfulness endures forever and His Word never changes. Praise God. Praise God for that. Psalm 119, verse 89 through 96. It says, Your Word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes to, your, to all perfection. I will see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Amen. Praise God this morning. We can draw from that uh, three, three truths just from that, just from that passage this morning that, that I want us to look at. And, and the first one is God's Word is forever. God's Word is going to last forever. Uh, again, in, in a world where nothing seems to last forever, the economy changes, the a technology changes. You know, all the technology that we have right now, you can't imagine what's next. You know, how can it get any better or any worse, however you want to put that? What's going to be the next step? And so it's always changing. The international situations are always changing. There was a time when the Roman Empire, you know, it was going to have no end, it seemed but it failed. And then in the 1930s and 40s, uh, Germany was on its way to ruling the world, but it failed. And for the last 75 years, the United States has been a force to be reckoned with like none other, but it is in ra rapid decline, morally, spiritually, economically. All things are changing. But in, in God's Word, in Psalm 119, verse 89, in a passage today, it says what? Your word, Lord, your word, Lord, is eternal. 
It will last forever and ever and ever. It stands firm in the heavens, it says. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, it says, For all people are like, are like grass, and their glory is like flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But what? But the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. So in a world that, that nothing, nothing lasts forever, here God's word says that yes, there is one thing that lasts forever, and that is my word. My word, he says, will last forever. And you know what? If, if, if that is the one thing that's going to last eternally, if it's going to last forever, shouldn't it be something of a priority in our life? If this is what is going to last forever. You know, this thing here has probably been around a long time. A lot of us have been around a long time. You see buildings, you can go to Rome and see buildings that are thousands of years old. But God says, my word, when all the stones have crumbled and the wood has decayed, my word will stand. Forever. It stands in the heavens. But shouldn't we be spending our time on eternal things? Dealing with eternal things. We talk about how the, the, the shape of the world uh, that the world's in and the rapid decline all across the world. What can we do about it? What can we, as people in Earl, North Carolina, in New Hope Baptist Church, what what possible good can we do? What difference can we make in a world that's so hell-bound right now? What can we do? We can share God's Word with one person. One person at a time. We might not change the world, but we'll change the world for that one person. And that one person will for one person. And so let, let's ask ourselves this morning, are we doing that today? Are we making a difference in people's lives? Are we truly sharing the good news and the gospel with those around us? Are we really trying to make a difference in, in the world? Are we really trying to do something in the world that's going to make a difference? I would go on to say that we need to share God's word with those in our family. Amen. And those in our family. Our mamas, our daddies, our brothers, our sisters, our kids, our grandkids. That they know, at least that they've heard the gospel, that they have a chance and an opportunity to live the kind of life that God wants them to live according to His Word. You can make, we can make, we can all make a difference in people's lives, in our families' lives, by sharing the gospel with them and living the life that they see us live and living out our faith. We'll raise our children in the way of the Lord. Raise our grandchildren in the way of the Lord. You know, it just, it just thrills our soul and, and melts our heart, you know, when, when we get a video of uh, Noah saying his prayers, you know. Just the innocence of a child lifting up Amen. prayers. Or Knox last week singing Jesus Loves Me 
you know, on the video for a, a school program. Because those God's word is being taught and being put into their into their hearts. Amen, so let me ask you, parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, are we using the resources God has given us for eternal purposes? To make a difference in people's lives. See, I really believe that the world is going to soon find out that God's word is truth. The world is going to find out real soon. It's becoming clearer and clearer every day that God's word is truth. And they're going to, they're, they're slowly being enlightened to that, I think. But all this, they're going to learn that all the stories in the Bible are true, that they're real, that they had a purpose. That the prophecies are true, that they're coming about in finite detail. What God said He does, He is the ultimate promise keeper. That there is a heaven, that there is a hell, and there will be a judgment. Amen. Amen. You see, we have no greater responsibility to raise our our children and to to help raise our grandchildren in the way of the Lord. Teaching them... uh, God's ways and and the holiness of God and the goodness of God. Yes, ultimately they're going to make their own decision. We can't sprinkle them and dip them or whatever and and say, okay, you're as an infant and say, okay, that's your choice for life. No, every person has to decide for themselves. Yes, I accept Christ. I will choose Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And every person will have to make that choice for themselves. But we as parents and as grandparents, as aunts and uncles, we have to teach them in the way that's right. right. Teach them in the way of the Lord. Where they can honestly make that decision for themselves. Because folks, there's going to be a, a lot of really good people in hell that chose not to be with God. That chose to do things their way. And not God's ways. But we have to be faithful in passing that faith on to our kids. Living a life where they can look up to us and see us living out our faith day in and day out. And what that looks like. God's word is going to last forever. God's word is our is our freedom. Some people say, well, man, there's too many restrictions in the Bible. There's too many do's and don'ts and, 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 and too many ways to hold me down and, and hold me back and it keeps me from having fun. Well, my friend, there's a there's the biggest lie out there. Amen. See, God's Word is, is more like a, a, a set of guardrails on a curvy, steep mountain road. It's probably been 40 years ago now, I guess. Dad was going up the mountains, up, up towards Appalachian Ski Mountain, and they had a house up there. And he was going up a steep incline and came up, and it kind of plateaus, and as you're going into Ski Mountain there, it gets pretty, pretty curvy. Well, he got to the top of the mountain there, and the car cut off. And back in the day, you couldn't steer it. Even now, it's really difficult to steer. So 
But when he topped that hill and the engine cut off, he couldn't steer it. He didn't have any brakes, and he went over the side of the mountain. Hit a tree, tore his car up. Thankfully, praise God, he was okay. No, no damage to himself. But what if there had been guardrails? And to this day, I don't think there are any guardrails on that road. But if there had been guardrails on the road, he would have topped the hill, the engine cut off, and he would have hit the guardrail, wouldn't he? It wouldn't nearly have been the life-threatening accident that it could have been. And so God's Word gives us guardrails to, 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 to keep us on the, on the right path, on the road that He wants us on, to, to protect us, to keep us out of danger, to keep us out of harm's way. They keep us going in the right direction. I mean, after all, what can be so bad about when the Bible says not to lie, not to cheat, or not to steal? What's so bad about don't gossip and don't slander? What's so bad about don't be consumed with alcohol? What's so bad about don't live an adulterous and immoral lifestyle? What's so bad about that? There's nothing bad about that. But God has that in there for protection, for guardrails, to keep us on the way and the path that He wants us on. If we stay on that road, if we stay on the path, if we stay on the journey that God wants us on, it's going to lead us to the destination that He desires. Otherwise, when we disregard, when we remove those guardrails that God's put in place for us, our life is going to lead to death and destruction and eternal separation from God. That is why we have His Word. That is why we follow His Word. For life, abundant life, not death and destruction. You see, ultimately God's Word leads to freedom. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Jesus went to Nazareth where He had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day He went into the synagogues as was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year the Lord's favor. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, stand firm then, and let not yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. But you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, so don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh and the worldly things. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And in John chapter 8, verse 31 and following, it says, To the Jews who had believed in Him, Jesus said, If you hold to My teachings, if you hold to My teachings, you are really My disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. And they assured Him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, 
but a God, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. You see, freedom in Christ is not the right to do what we want to do, but the ability to do what we ought to do. It gives us the ability to do what we ought to do. You see, without Christ, we're slaves to sin. We're slaves to the world and, and, and unable to do the right thing. But with Christ, we have the power to overcome sin in our life and the temptations and to, and to do the things that we ought to do. You see, Christ's death on the cross set us free from the penalty and the power of sin. Praise the Lord for that. So God's Word is, is eternal. God's Word is, is freedom. And, and God's Word is our foundation. Ronald Reagan said, Within the covers of one single book, the Bible, are all the answers to the problems that face us today. If only we would read and believe. If only we would read and believe. Are, are we building our life on the foundation of God's Word? The question for parents and grandparents then is, what is our role? You know, should we actively teach our kids and our grandkids the, the faith or just passively trust that, that God is faithful, His faithfulness endures forever, that, 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 that God will be faithful to them? You know, it's kind of a little bit like salvation. God makes it clear in His Word that, that He is the author of salvation. He is the provider of salvation. He is the one that saves. But on the flip side, He then tells us to go out and be His witnesses. And folks, God will be faithful to all generations. Yet as parents and grandparents, we are commanded to instruct our children in the way of the Lord. To teach them about God. To teach them about the goodness and the faithfulness and the grace and the mercies of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Verse 7, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you're eating cereal at breakfast, when you're eating hamburgers at night, and when you walk along the road, when you're riding to school, when you're going to Walmart, you know, when they want to play the iPhone in the back. When you lie down at sleep, when you tell them the Bible stories, and when you wake them up and say, glory to the Lord for the new day. Tie them around as tie them as symbols on your hand and bind them on their foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, let them know at all times. Teach them all the times all about the goodness of God. Folks, we've got to trust in the promises of God that God will be faithful for His faithfulness endures for all generations while faithfully obeying God and, and teaching our family about Him. 
And Paul wrote to, to Timothy. He told Timothy, he said, he said, son, you're a product of two generations of faithfulness, Amen. of God's faithfulness and faithfulness in your family. He writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Okay, Timothy's faith is sincere. Why? Where did that come from? Which was first lived out in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. It's an image of both the faithfulness of God from generation to generation and the faithful of, uh, faithfulness of parents in teaching their children God's faithfulness. In that one example, you saw two generations. Amen. Some of you can testify to generation after generation after generation of parents and grandparents and great-grandparents that knew the Lord, that brought their families up in the Lord. Today, it seems as though with the mobility of the world that, that we have access to so much recreation and, and activities that, that the world is pulling the family away from God's teaching and God's house. says to make sure we teach our children. He says that my word will endure from generation to generation. My faithfulness will endure from, from generation to generation. There are other people here that, that, that they're a first generation believer. Their family never knew Christ. Never lived for Christ. And folks, those people today start a new lineage. They start a new tree of life, of eternal life, by sharing the gospel with their family, with their kids and their grandkids and great-grandkids. What can we say about how we're teaching our families? You know, parents often work... Uh, for years trying to get to a place where they can be financially stable and, and want to pass something financially or, or pass material toys down onto their children. But what's more important? Leaving them a financial inheritance or passing on a beautiful faith that gives them eternal life, everlasting salvation. What are we attempting to leave for our families? What is driving our, our thoughts and our life for our families? Is it the, the goodies of the world or is it the goodness of God? God's word and God's faithfulness endures for all generations. Pass it on to your children, to your grandchildren to your nieces, to your nephews, to your neighbor next door. Father in heaven, we indeed are grateful for all the mothers, the aunts, 
the sisters, the siblings that have helped raise us, that have made us a part in making us of who we are. But as I said to begin with, Lord, as much as they love us, you love us more. So, Father, today we come to you, Lord, thanking you for your love, for your grace and mercy, understanding and being reminded today that, that, that there is freedom in your, in your word, that your word does indeed last forever. And, God, that we would build the foundation of our life on your word and that we would share your word with those around us. For indeed, that is the only way that this world is going to change. And it will be changed one person at a time. By sharing the good news of the gospel that, that Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life, that he died on a cross, that he shed his blood, he was tortured and beaten and nailed to a cross, and the blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins, for our waywardness, for our wicked thoughts and evil deeds and motivations. That blood was shed for, for us. God, you saw fit to raise him to life on the third day. And your word says, because Jesus was resurrected, we have that hope too. Father, today I pray that anyone within the sound of my voice, Lord, would choose you, would choose the goodness of God over the goodies of the world. Again, because your word and your faithfulness endures from generation to generation forever and ever. 